This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Welcome to Nerd School. Welcome to Nerd School. My name is Loki. Welcome to the Nerd School podcast. You jerk. All right, Ant Man: The Wasp, the sequel to uh, Ant Man. The uh, is a weird little uh, offbeat comedy set between the epics of Infinity War and Endgame. Done and, on purpose. Yep. Uh, Twenty eighteen. From uh, director Peyton Reed, I believe. So Peyton Reed is the director of Bring It On, the cheerleader movie with Kirsten Dunst and uh, Gabrielle Union. The classic. Uh, Also, the uh, movie called Down With Love, which is apparently an underrated uh, sort of musical uh, throwback comedy starring Renee Zellweger and Ewan McGregor, which I've never seen, but... uh, I've seen it. And then there's uh, The Breakup, starring Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. Which is funny. Yep. And then uh, Yes Man, Jim Carrey movie, where he can't say uh, no to anything. So he, <laughs> he gets into crazy stuff. And uh, then the... by With Liar Liar by Jim Carrey, where he cannot tell a lot. Yeah, it's true. Oh, wait, I... those are two different things? Yes. Yes. I think... I think Yes Man is more of a, I don't know if he physically cannot or if he's just determined to be the kind of guy that says yes to everything. No, I feel like he's cursed. Something happens and he absolutely cannot. He would love to it say It has no. something to do with Tony Robbins, I think. Yeah, he went to like a retreat. Liar. Is his too, kid yeah. made a wish and liar liar his kid made a wish and then he couldn't be a, a liar anymore and he was a lawyer and liar, liar that's right i remember that one i remember that one i don't remember um yes man i don't remember yes how man. dare you not be up to date with your uh, i think yeah i think the curse is from liar liar this is uh okay here's the <laughs> uh completely not related to ant-man and the wasp other than the director so this director did all so of jim carrey related. No, just did this one Carl uh, movie where he plays Carl, a bank loan officer, has become withdrawn since his divorce from Stephanie. Uh, He has an increasingly negative outlook on life and routinely ignores his friends Peter and Rooney. Uh, Let's see who plays Stephanie. Uh, Please tell me it's Deborah Jo Rupp. No, it's Molly Sims. Uh, and Rooney is Danny Masterson, who is a problematic 70s Yeah, guy. that guy raped everybody. More than problematic. He's been yep. found guilty as he should be. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff. What did Was it rape or was it like child trafficking or some shit? That's a little inappropriate relationships with minors. What did you say, Art Stark? Mac? Allison Mack from... Oh. Um, Smallville? That's a yeah. separate thing, right? Oh, that's a different thing. Yeah, she was a part of the cult. She was a part of a sex cult. Yeah, um, yeah but what, 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 which involves sex trafficking at Joe? Yeah, yeah. Danny Masterson was uh, graping. He was like, uh, it was like children or something, right? Masterson was doing young so women. Got, so is he in jail now? He was just, I feel like the trial just ended this year at some point. 
he should be. I don't remember the sentencing, um, but I remember we just got, or maybe last year, it all blurs together, but he just got found guilty. Oof. Anyway, Bradley Cooper is one of his best friends in this, and Zoe Deschanel is in this as well. Uh, Carl attends a motivational seminar that encourages people to seize the opportunity to say yes, and he meets inspirational guru Terrence, played by uh, Terrence Stamp. <laughs> that guy's awesome. That's Zod from the first Superman film, third and the second one. Yes. Who tells him to enter a covenant with the universe and say yes to anything asked of him. Later, Carl says yes to a homeless man's request and is stranded out of gas with no battery on his cell phone in Elysian Park. Disillusioned, he hikes to a nearby gas station where he meets Allison, an unorthodox young woman. She gives him a ride back to his car on her scooter and kisses him before leaving. A few days later, he is offered oral sex by his elderly neighbor, Tilly, in return for helping her put up shelves. When he refuses and immediately experiences bad luck, he returns and surprisingly enjoys the moment. And now it starts believing that he must say yes or suffer the consequences. So it's not really a curse. Uh, it's just uh, Fanula Flanagan is Tilly, who apparently uh, blows Jim Carrey in this. So, so that's it, that movie. That's Peyton it, Reed's movie. So is this Peyton Reed's first MCU movie, or did he do the first? Uh, he did the first Ant-Man. Ant he did all three Ant-Mans. All okay. the Ant-Mans. Uh, yeah. All the Ant-Mans. Ant-Mans. Ant-Man's. Although, yeah, as we established in the first Ant-Man, uh, it was uh, sort of, it was supposed to be Edgar Wright who did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and the other dab, movies. Dab, 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 of, uh, Sh uh, Shaun of the Dead and uh, Hot Dead Fuzz too. and yeah, some uh, good films. But then, like, I think they had some creative differences, so Peyton Reed stepped in and, and ran with his concepts. Peyton Reed is a North Carolinian, born in Raleigh. There you go. Attended UNC Chapel Hill, graduate in 87, with a degree in English and radio. How about that? All right. He was so, a DJ for yeah. WXYC, the UNC student radio station. So he's just like Andy, dumb radio idiot jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, I'm a dumb radio idiot <laughs> jerk. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this movie is a weird, like, a, it's a little... You got Infinity War, which is like the most downer ending, depressing, heavy, dense film uh, from the MCU. It's like the that first half of the pinnacle of building up to this thing. And then we have this little weirdo comedy about shrinky, jumpy, shrinky, growy people. Uh, shrinky, growy times. Yep. Yeah. And this time uh, the wasp oh actually gets to be the wasp. Because in the first Ant-Man, we didn't get any Wasp. Yeah, she didn't even mm -hmm. get to do any superhero stuff, did she? Yeah, well, she has, if you they... remember in the first one, she spent a lot of that film anti her dad in the first place. So yeah. she wouldn't have been the Wasp. And at the, at the end of that movie, he sort of said, all right, I, I should have done this a while ago. And then he gave her the suit. And then right. and she was like, it's about he gave her wings, like he says. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ring, wings and blasters. Uh, oh, you didn't have those for me, did you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, oh, one more thing about Peyton Reed before we jump into the movie. He is in a band called Cardinal Family Singers with Norwood Cheek. <laughs> From Cheek Face? Yeah. <laughs> the lead singer of Cheek Face. Nor Norwood Cheek is another director, and a producer, and editor of film television. He He's known for his music videos and work with Super 8 film, apparently. Also went uh, to Chapel Hill. Well, I don't know him. But, uh, yeah. Do I. 
So, so how does go. this feel as like a, a switch gears from Infinity War? So like, my thing with this is I'm a little upset that this happened. This took place before Infinity War, right? Yeah, pretty so much. It's not we're not watching or, it. In it's kind of like order. it's like during. I'll give my yeah. theory. Well, sort of. I mean, you could say it was. And I'll give my theory. Yeah. I guess only the post credit sequence uh, takes place during. I guess the rest could be before. So it's like, you know, very early. Like Marvel has this progression. And they might not be doing it, but as someone on the outside looking in, that's what it kind of feels like to me. Like how in the very beginning, we had like these Netflix series, which kind of alluded to stuff that was happening in the MCU. Then we had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all these other shows come along which kind of wasn't necessarily canon, but also alluded to some things that were happening in the MCU. Then we started having like what you call the main movies, but then also movies which happened like in the in-between, which mm-hmm. is like, okay, this is in-between, like how we get this movie and then Captain Marvel before we get Endgame. So it's like this whole like setting them up, setting up things so you can, you know, how this person incorporates, how this person figures into what happens in like the end of this phase. Whereas once they got to the next phase, they started coming out with shows, which kind of replaced these big kind of sort of budget movies where it's like, okay, we're introducing this thing here. Boom, 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 boom. This happened alongside what was going on with the blip, but here's like this movie. And then here's like this five or six episode show, which also ties into it. So like, it's it's like movies like this, which while fun, it all to me sometimes it feels like where it's just good. Where it's like before when we had like the first couple of Thor movies, it was like, do we really need, need this to be made? This would have been better if it was just like a one shot kind of thing, as opposed to this full on blockbuster movie. So I, I kind of feel like this is where Ant Man was going. It was just it was made specifically to tie, I would say Tony, tie Scott into his kind of moment that happens in Endgame, but then also show that it also happens during the snapping or the blip, or right before the blip, I should say. Mm-hmm. Like, It's always like, uh, why didn't these people show up? Where was this guy during Infinity War? Why didn't which, he help? This is where I, he was. He was I under house dis- arrest. <laughs> I had a discussion with someone recently about how you know, we're so far, like the next three phases are kind of short, but then also what's happening now kind of direct, not even kind of, it directly sometimes not necessarily retcon, but interfere or or um, it, it, it gives you this comic booky. okay, here's the main story, but then there were these other things that we probably should have introduced way long ago but like here now what's here so it kind of erases some stuff or switches some stuff so it's like it's I think it's good that they're slowing down now that we're not getting like we're not getting as much just because some of the stuff that they're showing us now we're going forward like oh this is kind of cool this happened that happened why they weren't here then you get further along it's like oh they were there you just didn't see them but we're not going to address the fact that they were there. We're just going to say that 
They were there. Trust us. They were there. You just didn't see them. You know? It's like uh, the tie-in issues to the big right, right. event. Thing. This is right. like a tie-in. like Definitely. So here's the big thing, and here's Ant-Man, how he plugs into the story. and Like, I'm in San Francisco. Like, all of this big shit's happening, but like in little old San Francisco was just this guy. Yeah, I was going to say, San Francisco is far away. You know, when they show those outer shots of it all, I'm like, oh, it's way out in San Francisco. They don't know what's going on in Yeah, but it's just, like if it was in a Wakanda. spaceship coming from the, from the sun of damn, I can say from the, yeah, from the sky. It was a big yeah. ass spaceship in this. Like, we've all seen Independence Day, right? So, it's like, yeah, you, you can know. see it everywhere. Yeah. I mean, oh, there's it's a in the atmosphere. Like, huh, I wonder what but, that is. Yeah. But I think there's a, there's a, a, decent amount of time between the end of the film and the start of the post credit scene where it takes place during Infinity War because yeah. you know they had to shrink down the whole thing and put it in a van and all that stuff that, that would take some time well it messes with yeah time uh, size and everything I don't know mm-hmm. uh, yeah so okay are we going to jump in the movie now yeah ready when Ant-Man you're ready uh, so I'm not done Rewatching it, so we're about. I'm only a little bit way in, but I got well, a lot to talk it about. It takes so us we, ten years. Just yeah, to right. Right. yeah, we scenes. won't get to it. But You're like, fine. I mean, I was, I, I'd already watched it this weekend, and then I started watching it again. Like, I you literally stopped. Yeah, I literally stopped. Like, I want to say I'm like an hour and ten, and it's like right when he shrinks the um warehouse and the FBI there. That's why I stopped at this. Okay, this yeah, time. I. I just just now got to well we'll get to it. Uh, okay, so the movie starts out with a baby hope talking with Janet, who is played by Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, who is now crossed over from the DC universe because she was Catwoman, Catwoman, right? Yeah, and everybody went nuts about her as Catwoman. Everybody was like, "Oh, I remember being in high school, or whatever." Michelle Pfeiffer was the shit. Everyone was like, "Oh, I think hottest she chicken." Something world. recently. Dressed as Catwoman, I seen something of her cracking a whip in a Catwoman suit. Really? For for something, I don't know exactly what it was, but I just know. Does I anybody seen remember? It. Was this a surprise uh, casting when when we see Michelle Pfeiffer at the beginning of this? I don't know. I don't know if it was a surprise. I do know that when they when the first one came out, they didn't know who it was. We don't get a full glimpse of. Who she is when we get the tiny glimpse from the oh, first yeah. film, right? So I know, I do know that uh, the director said my my vision is a Michelle Pfeiffer, so they never made it a secret. Gotcha. But none of us knew it was officially her until I think it was released that it was coming out in this movie or she was coming out. Yeah, and so uh, they do such a great job with the age of. Uh, Michael Douglas and her both like fish, Yeah, when they show Michael Douglas young, man, I am always blown away because it looks just like a, it seems like all kinds of other movies are terrible at the aging process or whatever. But like Michelle Pfeiffer looked just like she did when she was young, and so did well, he. from what I understand, with when they do the when they've been doing these, they've yeah. been you know compiling footage from their older movies, yeah, and actually putting him into whatever program they use, so it's. Like it's them, but yeah. you know, like I saw they did it with uh with Robert Redford and um uh was it Civil War? 
Was it Civil War? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. They did it with him, too, didn't they? Uh, uh, Winter Soldier, you mean? Winter Soldier, yeah, yeah. Well, it's so, amazing what, I mean, heck, even TikTok filters any, anymore and Instagram filters can do amazing work. With damn AI. It's, it's crazy how fast all that's going. Uh, right. Anyway, so Baby Hope is talking with Janet and Hank Pym saying she doesn't want them to go away and but Janet's so great with kids that she pretends to be a narcoleptic and uh, uh, is makes her daughter laugh by making fun of narcoleptics uh, and should be canceled. Uh, no. She no. was talking about how boring stuff would be and put him no. to sleep. <laughs> this is a very anti-narcoleptic movie. It is not. <laughs> anyway, they shrink down. Uh, so then they, but she says, oh, we got to go because they have to save the universe basically because they... And then they shrink down to stop a missile from killing a bunch of people. Uh, but because Hank's regulator was broken, Janet had to shrink down to go to the quantum realm in order to go inside the missile to stop it. She knew she would never come back, but Hank recounts that when Scott returned from the quantum realm, he knew it might be possible to bring Janet back. So now maybe we can save her. Maybe she's alive. And he shows hope, yeah. the schematics for a quantum tunnel. And that's and then the opening credits happen. So it's kind of like, well, since yep. Scott came back, shit, anything's possible. Yep. Right. Uh, this is this is uh, Janet Van Dyne, who is one of the founding Avengers in uh, actual Marvel comic history. She's one of the original. Uh, it was. And it she's was, the original Wasp. Yes. This was not, uh, not hope. There is no hope in the cart comics, right? Or there is. Or uh, right? There probably is now, but uh, there Hope Van Dyne was kind of a new character created uh since they weren't using hank pym as the main ant-man hmm. uh but they wanted to tie him in i guess to make him the elder statesman there so they kind of uh, invented a way to have a younger wasp while still having the hank and jan uh relationship that is so storied in the comics uh stanley jack kirby and ernie hart created her in tales to astonish number 44 in 1963 hmm. And that was her first appearance. And uh, she was sort of, it was, there was a lot of misogyny there in the early 60s uh, with comics. You there. don't she, say. Believe it what? or not. Yeah. She was like a, a sort of a bubble headed fashionista kind of thing. But she's, her character has evolved quite a bit. And as she's led the Avengers, she's uh, uh, been really cool. And she's about to have a new series coming out now where she's sort of like a detective. Uh, called avengers inc i just saw a release for it where she's kind of the the cover star and that's pretty cool okay that's a new comic book you said yeah uh i just I, i'm still on some press lists and i so i get when marvel has a new comic series coming out i usually get the press okay release for it. so in in the comics she's what well, is not this is not uh jan this is hope she's oh, known oh, as okay. pem oh and she was a part of her first appearance was in Adenex number seven in April of nineteen ninety nine. Oh yeah, that brings up a good question. Why is she Hope Van Dyne and not Hope Pym? Is it because that like TBJ said the relationship with her father was bad or I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Because mm -hmm. if you remember the first movie, some know. of the people she's working with don't know that's her dad. She did that intentionally. Oh, right. And there's uh, in the comics, there's a Nadia Van Dyne who is uh, uh, 
Janet's stepdaughter. And also in the comics, she has a twin brother named Henry, aka Big Man. Like little Hank, <laughs> like Hank Jr. Henry Pym Jr. Yeah. So if Hank there's Hank. a step, if if she is a step, because uh, uh, Hank Pym in the comics had a first wife named oh. Maria, who died uh, and hasn't been explored all that much, I believe. So this is uh, their daughter. The daughter of Hank and Maria Pym, Nadia, was raised as an assassin of the Red Room, which is a trained Black Widow. Uh, so there's a few different versions of Wasp and Giant Mans and Ant Mans and, and shrinky, growy people going around, including Lawrence Fishburne's character, people. Bill Foster, who... Yeah, we're, we're going to get to Bill Foster, so we'll, we'll get, get to we're him. We're actually getting, we're getting a, a Goliath action figure from What If of Bill Foster. Did you just, uh, uh, spoiler alert, that he's Goliath? Did you spoil that? Uh, well, he doesn't. He hasn't been Goliath in the movies at all. He just oh, sort of. But that's who Bill Foster is. Yeah, well, he that saves actually, that question. Bill Foster was originally. Uh, <laughs> just the Cowboy Curtis. Bill Foster was 1966 Avengers number 32. Stanley and Donna. He was just a, a, a lab assistant for Hank Pym. Right. But then in 1975. Uh, Tony Isabella and George Tuska changed them around a bit when they were writing Luke Cage Power Man. Uh, and they turned him, they gave him his own pin particles and made him Black Goliath because in the 70s, uh, it was like the Wait, Black, who's Black Goliath. Bill Foster is Bill Foster is Black Goliath. Uh, he started as that and then he, he started in eventually the just, just okay. he dropped that and just became Goliath. Okay, but uh, and like a it no nah, just saying no we're waiting for you it was, it was the black exploitation craze at the time mm-hmm. you know oh. uh, uh shaft superfly all that stuff yeah so i watched milestone generation and i remember andy you had talked about when we were talking about black lightning and mm-hmm. like how you know when he puts his costume on his his mask has the afro in it and it was there was <laughs> you know they was really talking about that and like the whole black exploitation thing. Like I remember Andy was talking about this. So so when he takes his mask off, the afro goes away. Yeah, but he has like a he has like a lower cut. But it's like when he has on, it's just like it's a like it's a really big afro. <laughs> his hair gets bigger. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, okay, yeah, cool. Um. Uh, were somebody was making a point. They, the Lawrence Fishburne, basically, they yeah. sort of uh, pay lip service to this by saying, like, you know, when they he worked with Hank Pym, like he he also grew big before as well, like when they were experimenting with size changing. Oh, like, oh, like he was Goliath. That's that's a sort so of that little combo they have about how tall did you get? Oh, I got yeah. sixty five feet. That's in relation to Goliath. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Um, they've both been big guys, and there's there's hope at some point. That we may eventually see a giant Lawrence Fishburne. That'd we, be we great. Would, well, in animated form, though, probably. Maybe, yeah. Because no, not maybe. He's actually in what if, Vibe, uh, season two. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, yeah. Bill Foster is. Yep. And there's an action figure coming out of this. Well, I, you don't see him out of that, though. You know, it's basically it basically looks like a blue version of anime. You know. But is it going to uh, look like? Lawrence Fishburne? Are they gonna make it look like his face? Unless they come with a, another, I don't, I don't know if it comes with a head, other than the Goliath head. Yeah, but maybe. I mean, they have Louis. Louis, they have. There's a figure of him. We got Happy Hogan, so you never know. We got 
We got uh, what's the wait, guy wait, name? Wait, is, there, is, there a, is there a picture of Luis? It is or a action figure of Luis. Yeah, Luis. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the movie we just the kind of ever got? What's his name? Why can't I think of his name? Everett Ross. There's an <laughs> Everett Ross figure. Oh my um, God! There's a there's a Legends pack of with yeah. the ghost and Luis in it. Oh my God! I think it's like fifty dollars or something like that. Oh man. Well, I just realized I want a Cowboy Curtis action figure. It came out the same time as the Happy Hogan with the cheeseburger, and um, (laughs) somebody else was in his pack. I forgot forgot who came with him. All right, now I gotta look that up. (laughs) I see a Cowboy Curtis action figure, which would be Lawrence Fishburne, but it doesn't look anything like Lawrence Fishburne. So I'm kind of mad about it. Was it Super Seven? No, it's an old vintage one. You can get it with Globy for $22. (laughs) <laughs> R.I.P. Pee-wee. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, Pee-wee Herman's dead, man. I'm not. I'm not that good with that, mm-hmm. man. That doesn't make. It a was a week of a lot of deaths. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, who was the? Uh, there was a couple other ones. The uh, young actor Angus from Cloud. Euphoria. Angus. Is Cloud. it Angus? Yep. Yeah, Angus Cloud. Yeah, and then Pee-wee, and then. Uh, Tony Curtis, not Tony Curtis. Somebody else in this last week, I can't remember who. Yeah, just well, Sinead O'Connor a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Somebody else just died suddenly. It's just like been like, that's yeah, crazy. Yes. Uh, anyway, let's focus. Scott makes an elaborate adventure game with Cassie to keep her entertained while he's on house arrest, and yeah. uh, Luis, Which... who's trying to run his new business, is stressed while Scott's having a bunch of fun. Trying to land a big account, and Scott's the security expert, so he's like, "Too many cameras." Uh, I was like, "No, not too many cameras. We're gonna get the account." But meanwhile, he's doing all this elaborate fun stuff that he did for his daughter, which is fun. Then they slide yeah. down the thing, and he accidentally trips the ankle alarm when his foot goes through the fence. And then Randall Park shows up with a funny bit about close-up magic and all that. Uh, and, and if you remember, he's on house arrest because he helped Captain America's team during Civil War. Yeah, also, fun fact, real quick, Paul Rudd did actually learn the close-up magic. It was not just for, uh, it wasn't just a sleight of hand on Ooh. the film's part. It was actually him learning it for his role, which that's, I think is cute. That's did a Randall Park learn it? What's that? I don't know if Randall Park did. I was only paying attention to Paul. And so so did you... Do you have a reference for that? Did you see an interview on Arsenio Hall or was it? <laughs> You're asking me. No, he talked about it. He talked about it before. To you? <laughs> yes, very much to me. Pillow Paul talk? I have special conversations. <laughs> pillow like talk? Like Cheeto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. TVJ and Paul Rudd are having pillow talk. Uh, I hear Paul Rudd is playing a villain Villain, in, um, what's that? That, that Hulu show with Steve Martin and... um. Martin Short. Don't tell me only spoilers. Murderers in the I haven't, I, oh, I, only yeah, Murders only in the, the building? First season. I just started watch watching that. I'm watching that with my daughter because she likes Samila, uh, some, uh, Amila Gomez. Samila Gomez. Selena. Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. <laughs> I can't talk, man. Samila. I, I was trying to say Mila Kunis and Selena Gomez at the same time. I don't know why Mila Kunis, but except that I love Mila Kunis. Uh, it's Mila probably because you're a dumb idiot. You're the dumb idiot. <laughs> All right. No, uh, no, so anyway, no, you're a dumb idiot. 
So uh, no, you're the dummy. No, you're the dummy. Randall Park's hilarious, and I love the, I love when he's like, "Can I ask you a serious question? How'd you learn that close up, man? How'd you do that trick?" <laughs> like, like, uh, Randall Park's so great. Uh, Jimmy Woo. Jimmy uh, Woo. Yeah. Maybe remember singing WandaVision. I believe this was his first appearance in the MCU. Also, in I, this movie. I got so it now. You this know. was before that. I got right? it now. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. I got it now. You know. Okay. What's it now? You know. Oh. Uh, you might not really give a shit, but I just recently <laughs> found out that uh, Darcy Lewis um, got uh, introduced into the Marvel comics. Yeah. And she's also shows up in Scarlet Witch's new series. I see. Uh, in the, the comics. Cat Denning's character. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, which I, as a, as a male, felt kind of, kind of, kind of problematic, you know? Oh, what do you um, mean? There's this one shot of her where I guess she's like her, Quicksilver, and Wanda. And of course, this Darcy Lewis character has on a low cut top and it's just like a whole, like the panel is just like a close up of her cleavage. And I was like, really? Like, we get it, Cat Denny. But did you have to carry it over into the comic? Yeah, I don't know. Well,. Uh I have to see what the context was in that, but it's probably, you know, comic it was, books. It was almost like, here you go. Well, I, I just seen watching one video where they were talking about, like, the sexification of, like, anime characters and, like, how, you know, the the men will be, like, some boring drag men and all of these super hot, sexy, supposedly women fall for, but then the ones who aren't super hot, sexy, they're, they're not as, as uh, popular. Or they don't have like their their uh, roles are kind of diminished. I think they know their audience. Weird, creepy guys that <laughs> sit alone and. Uh, well, it's a uh, lot of women who it's it's there, Yeah, there's I, a lot I, of women. I, I feel yeah. like there's probably more women who are into anime than. Men. Oh, an, we're talking anime. Sorry, I was I was thinking about not what I was thinking about. What you thinking about, Jerry? I was thinking about just regular comics, but I'm I'm kind of distracted because I'm looking through IMDb because I swear Jimmy Woo was in. The first Ant Man, but no, I don't think he was. I guess not. Uh, yeah, I don't remember him in that. But I mean, I feel like we already. But maybe it's because I watched. Uh, we talked about one division, so we talked about Jimmy Woo a lot before. So talked about him a lot, but he was created in 1956. Uh, in a in a problematic series called yellow claw and uh you might be able it's to not problematic from that time period yeah that's true yeah but huh. it, it was, i don't uh, know why i just feel like i feel like we i mean this whole time watching this movie we've talked like, about him a lot you yeah you, and you also got to realize joe like talked about him a lot we're, we're starting to get closer to like stuff that we've already reviewed and talked about but mm-hmm. then also, like, you didn't know shit about at the time. So now, like, yeah. you're watching these things. Like, oh, wait, why do I know this guy? So I feel like we talked already. So we talked to, about Jimmy Woo so much because I guess because he's integral in WandaVision is probably why we talked yeah, about him. Yeah, he's a big so part much. of WandaVision. And I had a lot to say about him because I was an Agents of Atlas fan. And, oh, that's uh, right. I was yeah. <laughs> hoping they introduced that. I still want to read that because, still because of that. It's got a gorilla a man in it. So, Joe, you you read comics on Hoopla, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm in. I'm pretty have far you been ha- into. Sorry. Have you been having a problem borrowing books from Hoopla? 
No, but I will preface that with the fact that I am, I get one at a time and I take forever. Well, even I if to, I try to get I, one now, it'll say something about. I have to recheck out the same one. Or something. Oh, really? I have to recheck yes, out the are same you, Well, there's two kinds of books on Hoopla. If they mm. have the lightning rod above them, you're only mm. allowed to get three of those per month. Those are instant hits. Oh. If they have the little semicircle with the arrow, you can get those as many times. So if you've done three of the I've lightning done none. Balls, I've done none. That's the thing. I've done none. And I'm one of them. In this it, whole month, it right. thinks you I'm, have. I'm, or I'm, or my, my brain is thinking like maybe just Charmac. You know, because you guys aren't using Charmac, right? No, I'm in Union. So maybe it's just Charmac this. But, Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, Mecklenburg County. That might those. be. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're the yeah, Queen City Jill Podcast Network. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're in Union. So I don't know if that's different or, but I only check out one at a time mm-hmm. because I, my brain can only handle. And then I've checked it's out the same one like time. three times because it runs, <laughs> I run out of my 30 days. I'm like, Shit. So are you getting like real you must be getting like 400 page books. Yeah, I'm I'm in, I'm getting those uh the Secret Wars like compilation ones. It's like a thousand pages. Yes, yeah, so that's where you go wrong at. You do Why? they don't have them they don't have them broken up in like volume 1 2 They do. I mean they have them by yeah, like a thousand pages but they have like I don't know how many comic books in one volume, you know. So Cuz usually when they have a book with like issue, issue. the volumes are usually only like five or six issues at a time. Yeah, this one is like you're really like so like you're reading omnibuses or something. Cause like if you have a thousand pages, yeah, unless you're reading on your phone, I am reading on my phone. I'm sometimes reading on my phone, sometimes reading on the computer. Cause I know like if you read a uh, an ebook or something like that on your phone, it yeah. you know populates a lot of pages as opposed to like the bigger your screen, the less pages. Oh, that might be why I only can see the page numbers on my phone and it says like a thousand yeah, it doesn't show page you, numbers on yeah, the computer using your phone yeah that's yeah. why yeah because there's just one panel per page so i guess they're not that many but okay um but still the fact that it takes you that long just well i'm just job. like little at a time and i a lot of times i'm doing other stuff so i'm like i get you know too. it's like oh fuck i forgot i was reading that and so it's like just if i don't have Oh no, this one's 368 pages, so it's not that many. So just if I but it's zoomed out. So anyway, like if I don't have a movie that I gotta currently watch mm-hmm. for nerd school, if I don't have eight hundred podcasts that to edit, if I oh, don't have a shit. uh, you know, a hundred shows to settle or a nerdy night show to do and or a comedy festival to kind of try to figure out what the fuck I'm doing with. Or or watching X-Men or Oh, X-Men's great, man. That's teaching me so much, that cartoon. I'm learning so many characters and stuff the, the whole thing is great and then the, the phoenix saga right now learning all about that uh, there you go yeah so classic excellent stories yeah it's kind of working out well because i keep hearing these rumors of the x-men joining the mcu yeah that's in the offing it seems imminent right well it's not a rumor it's, it's just we don't know when and we don't know yeah. who or we do know who well, we know well uh, so far we've had um, um, Ms. Marvel has been declared a mutant at the end of her series. Spoiler. Namor. Uh, Namor, uh, the submariner in Wakanda Forever, uh, I believe was also referred to as a mutant. It's the first time they've used the term mutant. 
So mutant equals X Men equals but, yeah, X-Men. basically. Like you can't you can't have mutants in a thing well, from, without well, X Men coming. The in, right? the rumor that I've heard is they're trying to figure out are they actually going to call them X Men? Like you know, like if they're trying to separate from Fox, even though that Fox no longer had them, like are they going to still go with like the X Men title, which is why they that's like an untitled. X Men movie support coming out at some point in time in the MCU, but you have right. like there, there's also been well, one of the, a rumor that that you will probably love, Joe, is that they're talking about Taylor Swift as Dazzler. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just funny you say it because I just the episode I just saw of X Men introduced Dazzler and she was singing at a nightclub. And Cyclops goes up to her, and they're kind of flirty because Jean Grey is possessed by the Phoenix and is like, uh, you know, out to lunch. So he's kind of like moving on with her, whatever. <laughs> out to lunch. Well, she is. She's like, <laughs> and then the the fire bird or what takes over is like, go out with another woman. How dare you? He's like, no, I got to check out Dazzler. Phoenix. Uh, yeah, so I can <laughs> see it being Taylor Swift. That would be she'd be a great Dazzler. I know who I, Dazzler I, is because of yeah. that. I always, I always felt Dazzler was more pop starry, like probably like a like a Katy Perry kind of bubblegum sort of thing. But so far, I can't tell what Dazzler's power is different than Jubilee. Like they both shoot fancy stars. Dazzler's stuff. deal was that she could absorb sound and turn it to light. Absorb sound and turn, and it, turn to it to light. light. Why would you but want to do she that? She could also call it call it hard light, so she could like shoot lasers and of concussive force. Doesn't she also that. make everyone's power three at a location? Uh, <laughs> no. Is that what that's, what, that's what that's we, what Valkyrie we, does. No, Valkyrie. Marvel Snap. <laughs> we can't do that because Andy doesn't like Snap Talk. Andy yeah. doesn't like Snap Talk, and TBJ has no talk. fucking idea what we're talking about. Nope, none whatsoever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ah, uh, right. stupid snap. Oh, one more snap thing real quick. Right. I had a dude today. I'm telling you, it was probably eight minutes. Dude beat me, and we just flipped each other off with Daredevil like, <laughs> for, for like 15 minutes. And we just kept doing it. I was, I'm not leaving if you're not leaving. And we're just like oh, wow. flipping each other off. I'm confident. Fuck you. you know, and ML, MLB, the show, had the thing called a freeze-off. But like, let's say... Yeah, the network connection stops or something. Yeah. So now it says you either lost connection or it gives you it says you've lost connection and ask you, do you want to friendly quit with this person? So like if you're in rank, if yeah. you friendly quit, you get a loss. So there have been people who will sit there and it'll be like two guys, like one guy, a girl, halfway around the world, they're just sitting there and no one is exiting out the game because they do not want that loss. Like they don't want to concede. They'll sit there for hours. So this guy had clearly beat me and it was I just totally fucked up, but I was mad about it. And he just stayed there like flipping me off, like making fun of me for losing. I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not I'm fuck you. Fuck you. I'm confident. <laughs> Even though he whooped my ass. His name was Tony, and we just spent 15 minutes flipping each other off in the game. Uh it was great. Uh it was a lot of fun. Anyway. That movie, Ant Man and the Watch. Pretty good movie. Yeah. Where were we at? <laughs> Randall Park. Uh, Randall Park. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a Doesn't funny it guy. seem like how crazy we got so far away from Joe going, man, I swear we talked about this guy before yeah. 10 minutes later. 
Yeah, Sanctum. Randall Park, Close Up Magic. And then we established that Hank and Hope hate his guts in the scene because he's like, oh, yeah, they hate your guts. And he's because not allowed to have any. Fallout. He's a like, good thing they hate you because you can't have any contact with them. Uh, and then we established he's got three days left till he's off of his house arrest. All you got to do is, you know, not do anything. And then we get the montage of what he's doing to keep himself busy. Karaoke, crying while reading The Fault in Our Stars, learning drums. Uh, and this made me think, you know, I would really, I wouldn't mind being on house arrest. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. Like I'm at a point in my life, pandemic changed me. I don't know. I think that's what made me like this. Like, I don't need to go anywhere. I'm good. I am good. I'm good, bro. Right so now here. you're identifying with your son who doesn't want to go to college or go out and do anything. Yeah, I know. of course he doesn't want. I get why he doesn't want to go. He should want to. He's young and full of vigor. No. <laughs> young, <laughs> it took you a minute to come up with that. Young, dumb, and full of, you know what they say. Uh, but I would. But I want to be on house first. Anyway, then he has the weird dream that he is Michelle Pfeiffer. And then so he reaches in this wall and gets a cell phone out. And uh, calls and leaves a message for Hank, tells him about the dream, apologize to him. And then we cut to him. I got a little trivia for you guys, you super nerds. They cut to him watching a movie eating cereal. What cereal is he eating and what's the movie? Um, Lucky. I did not play that close attention. I can't remember. Okay, the cereal I, I did, just watched. I, did, it. I didn't see. I didn't see what the cereal was. But what's the movie in the background? It's got, know. it's got Donald Sutherland in it, and they're it's, they're uh, talking body about. Snatchers? Well, they say that means the quote is from the movie that he's watching in the background. That means that one tiny atom in my fingernail could be, uh, to which uh, Donald Sutherland's character says, uh, "One tiny little universe." And so that's I didn't know what it was either. I was like, "What is this?" So I had to Google that line to figure it out. Nobody knows. No, nah, nope. it was Animal House. Animal House. Scene where they're getting stoned in the with the professor, and they're talking about science or whatever. So, uh, but they're talking about the tiny little thing, and then he gets bit by a bug. But then we find out it was not a bug that bit him because the next scene he's out cold in the passenger seat of a car, uh, while we hear "Spooky" by Dusty Springfield playing on the radio, and then Hope is driving a matchbox car. And an ant is wearing his anklet, eating Fruit Loops, mimicking his daily routine. So it's probably Fruit Loops, uh, including two hours in the bathroom, whatever that's about, she says. And then <laughs> we see giant pigeons and the garbage garbage truck that they drive under. Then they pull up to the lab. And so I think the lab whole thing is like, really? Nobody notices a whole building disappear and then come back up? <laughs> Suspension of disbelief, though, because it's fun. Like well, I mean, we just don't see anybody, but people could like they could write that in like, oh, by the way, we kept noticing shit shrinking. This building disappeared. Yeah. Was, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, inside the, the lab, they explain that they built the quantum tunnel and they opened the gateway briefly. And moments later, Scott called. So he may have entangled with Hank's wife, which he said, I respect you too much. I would never do that. Uh, I would never entangle with her. They're like, no, quantum entanglement, you dumbass. Uh, and then, he but then they figure quantum out quantum in front of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they figure out she may have sent a message. 
that maybe her sending a message because they figured out the red wardrobe had house horses on it. Uh, oh, that's where I always hid. Doesn't sound like you got the gist of the game. I seek. <laughs> it was funny. That was a funny rip on the little girl that didn't know how to. Boy, why did you hide in the same goddamn place every time? <laughs> uh, anyway, they need some uh, part. You need some part to keep the tunnel from overloading, apparently. So somebody named Birch has it. Simon so, Birch. Simon Birch. Created in 2003 in Iron Man Volume 3, number 73, by John Jackson Miller, Jorge okay. Lucas, and Philip Tan. He was originally an Iron Man, huh? And was he, did he look yeah. like this guy, or was he different? Uh, he looked different. Well, he boy had glasses. Uh, but, and he was pudgy. And pudgy? He, he's just like a low-level schmuck in actually in uh cross technologies uh darren cross if you remember the first yeah movie yeah yeah from the first one the bald guy yeah yellow jacket sunny birch was the chairman of cross technologies uh weapons designer firm oh okay well this is the cool part because they grab that hot wheel carrying case bit which which is so cool i remember kids had that yeah. in the neighborhood and it was i was jealous and i even paused it to look at all the cars i was like oh let's see what cars they have in there thought maybe they would slip in something like a daisy duke jeep or something which there is a white jeep so it could be uh but i didn't see anything really that exciting uh then they shrink the building and then we see ghost oh it's a quantum stabilizer joe that's what they were trying to get the quantum stabilizers what they were trying to the, the part that they were missing Okay, we'll get to, yeah, all the, I wrote down some of that mumbo jumbo in a minute, uh, a little bit later, but not at this point. I didn't write it down yet, but, um, so we see that ghost and then the little no Altoids bit for you. Hey, can I have one of those? No, you can't. No, no Altoids for you. And then we get to the Simon Birch scene where he's waiting for her and then he reveals to hope that he knows who she is. And you've been lying to me. We got to have trust and all that shit. So he doesn't give her the component, and then he keeps her money. Uh, he offers her a billion dollars for the lab. She says no, but he keeps the money and for his injured feelings. Then she turns into the wasp and kicks his ass, uh, kicks the shit out of all the henchmen. And we have the cool shrinky growy scene with a giant salt shaker and running down the knives as they're getting thrown, which is really cool and fun. Yeah, uh, that's, that's where this movie is best when it's doing really yeah. crazy, uh, fun stuff. Like later, you get a giant Pez dispensers and all like the up and down shrinky car chase stuff. Shrinky growy. Yeah, it's a lot of imaginational bubbles, and I like it. Yeah, like Honey, I Shrink the Kids, but action packed. Yep, and, uh, she... and that, and also when Luis is telling stories. Yeah, Luis is the best. The storytelling is great. Yeah. Uh, she makes quick work of the henchmen, but Ghost shows up, uh, and there's a cool battle with her phasing and Hope getting small and big and shrinky growy, and uh, but Ghost disappears and ends up stealing the lab from the guy in the Billy Ocean going gets tough video, Hank Pym. Yeah, I make a note that I'm sure Andy has this written down, but Ghost is OG male in the comics. Oh, yeah. yes. I did want to talk and about that. And this is the first time that we have the bad guy, quote unquote, be a woman. Yeah. In the Marvel film. We ain't got the Agatha yet. So. Sure. Yeah. Because, yeah, this, this is before WandaVision. Yeah. Uh huh. 
Is it really? Well, I guess we had. Yeah, because one of them the bad guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had right. uh, what's her nuts in uh, Proxima Midnight and Infinity War, but we got Hela and Hela. Hela. That's true. Non-fan. How about we say non-family bad guy? Let's qualify it. Non-sibling well, related. Listen, I'm, Hella. Hella had some family issues. Okay. She had hella family issues. She had hella family uh, issues. You. So I do want to talk about this though. Ghost. So Ghost was a tip, uh, like historically a yeah. male. Yeah, character. Ghost uh, originally appeared in Iron Man number two nineteen in nineteen eighty seven, created by David Michelini and Bob Layton. Okay. And uh, his he, his real name has not ever been revealed. He's sort of like this uh, the story that he at least told in the Thunderbolts. Uh, series that I read and liked uh, was that he was um, sort of a like a computer programmer kind of guy who was creating a lot of software for this corporate uh, entity uh, called Omnisapient and uh, he was about to uh, and they in he was like uh, sort of a loner and but he was able to be manipulated like the company hired a uh, girlfriend for him unbeknownst to him that like manipulated him uh basically it was a woman who uh like he was gonna go on vacation and, and do some stuff and like they wanted him to keep working so they they started manipulating his life and his emotions and stuff to try to get him on board to keep producing all the like the technology that they wanted uh until uh he eventually discovered that like she had died and he was uh heartbroken about it and then he found out that she was hired to be his girlfriend by the company and then the only reason they then and they killed her because she was trying to blackmail them for more money Yeesh. and uh so it, that's all this was kind of helped form his 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 basic deal was like he was an iron man villain and in the 80s iron man was basically you know captain of industry uh weapon salesman kind of guy the or like the huge business super rich tycoon guy and so the character was kind of created as an anti-corporate anti-capitalist saboteur like he would uh he was always trying to sabotage things and like sometimes he'd hire out to other people but he was always with the goal of destroying corporate society and capitalism in general and uh then the this the whole backstory thing wasn't really told until uh, he was in a, a Thunderbolts run that I was reading in like the, around 2010-ish, around there. I, the heroic was, age, right? Yeah, something like that. So uh, the Luke, Thunderbolts. Luke, yeah, I know you. Meant, I feel like you guys so you have should, mentioned. Yeah, go ahead. You should, you should bookmark this 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 convo right here in yeah. your head because yeah. this this right here kind of is the reason why Ghost. I don't. I don't. You seen the Thunderbolts sign up? But kind of the reason why Ghost is a part of the Thunderbolts. No, so I wanted to ask you, like, let's do a quick sidetrack here. Like, explain to me Thunderbolts. I know you have before a little bit, and I always get confused with Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with Thunderbolt Ross. Thunderbolts are uh, good guys or bad guys. Okay. What's the deal? Here, I'll do the bullet points so we don't get too up front of the weeds. Yeah, just a quick uh, overview, because I know you talked about them, but I was just like, said it was too much. And it's always like when we're, Talking about eight hundred things. It's, it's going to be about too much right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So there was a there was a stunt in the nineties where uh, 
the Avenge all the non-mutant heroes were shuttled off to another dimension. Only only the X-Men were around. So all the other hero groups like Fantastic Four and the sure. Avengers were yep. all sh shuttled away to another dimension for some reason. Basically, it was a stunt to get like all the popular image creators and stuff to sort of re. It, I think it was an early attempt to <laughs> streamline their origins and whatever, and try to make what them more what what type of uh, what. Uh, Liefeld was one of them. Like when is this? Like the nineties? <laughs> this, this is this is the nineties. I think the latish nineties, mid okay. to late nineties. Uh, but then, so in the in the Marvel Universe, there were no big superhero teams. There were just the X-Men, and the X-Men have like a very uh, strained relationship with the public because everyone hates and fears them and all that. Right. So then there was this new team of superheroes that show up out of nowhere. Uh, one of them is Citizen V, who was an old Golden Age hero, and there's a, a, a handful of other new characters. It's like, oh, here's the new superhero team we're going to launch. It's called the Thunderbolts. They're awesome. They're justice like lightning. Okay. And then, uh, and then at the end of the first issue, uh, it turned out the big twist was that they were secretly Baron Zemo and the Masters of Evil in disguise as heroes. Oh, and, so and Thunderbolts were not yeah. even real characters. Right. And and comic book nerds did not see that coming, and everyone was like, oh. Wow, you surprised us because we're nerds. We usually see. But they weren't angry; they were happy. Oh yeah, they thought it was really cool. It was a great way to get him. So all the Thunderbolts were just alter egos of villains. Yes, and their their big plan involved masquerading as heroes and getting you know access to things that they could use to you know conquer slash. And so Ghost was one of them, or not? Ghost was not in there at this point. Gotcha. Uh, and then uh, the rest of the Masters of Evil, most of them anyway, decided they kind of liked being heroes, so they sort of turned against Baron Zemo, and it kind of broke up, and then they became huh. this sort of uh, interesting fledgling hero team. Like Hawkeye became their leader for a while to try to make ah, sure that they stayed on Hawkeye. Their right. That guy yeah. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you you lost me at Hawkeye. Well, you, that was only temporary, and then like through the ages, uh, through the years, they've basically sort of been a. Uh, depending on who runs them there was a sometimes they're bad because there was a time when norman osborne the green goblin was running them and just yeah. as like this sort of dark uh half-assed dark avengers sort of team where he just used them for manipulate them and then there was other times where like guys like luke cage were running them and they were uh uh they were there was basically a rehabilitation house for supervillains like any supervillain could work off their sense sort of suicide squad-ish Okay. If you if you do some work for the Thunderbolts, it's it's like Excelsior. Uh, time off your sentence and things like that, and and that was always a, a little thing. And then there was a period of time when Thunderbolt Ross actually did run them. Oh, and okay. When, so when Thunderbolt, he, what? Yeah, which yeah. I think they're probably going to be the basis for the yeah. Thunderbolts movie. There was oh, a, because was like, Thunderbolt he was the Ross Red Hulk pissed yeah. off at the Avengers right now in the MCU, right? Yeah, we're doing all this shit, so he's gonna go get his own Thunderbolts and bring. Yeah, he basically trying to create his own Avengers team with uh, uh, John Walker, U.S. Agent, um, oh. Bucky, uh, so, Winter Soldier. That's so these the, guys... the movie version is there, but in, yeah. in the comics, Thunderbolt yeah. Ross did run them for a while and, and included like uh, the Punisher and Venom but, and Deadpool. But was uh, are these guys in the movie called Thunderbolts? Did he call the movie is called Thunderbolts? Uh, and the lineup, as we've seen in the movie posters, uh, involves Ghost, um, which is the, the first time we've seen her since, uh, since this, this film. Since this film, and is this actress who plays Ghost? Is she famous? She's British or something? Is she really British? 
Uh, I would anybody know her? So. Is she famous? Like, I don't. She's beautiful, but I didn't know if she's like like I don't know known for Broadway. You I don't know, necessarily. I don't know her. She has a hit. Hannah eyes. John Common. Hannah John Kamen, perhaps. Okay, uh, she so she's in, uh, unknown. So she's a relative. She was in Ready Player One, the Steven Spielberg movie. Anybody see that? In the sci-fi television hey. series Killjoys. Was Ready Player and... One any good, Art Star? It was. Great it book. Was? You should read the book first, though. Oh, God damn it. I don't she's, have time uh, for this. <laughs> Jill Valentine in the film Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Are you, you mean Scott Valentine? No, that's Mallory's boyfriend from Family Ties. Yes. <laughs> Mallory! She was in, uh, she did work on the West End musical theater in a, the role, lead role of Viva in the Spice See? Girls themed West End musical Viva Forever. That's it. She reminds me of a Spice Girl. Okay, so <laughs> this Thunder, the Thunderbolts lineup is Ghost, Red Guardian, um, Yelena, Bucky, U.S. Agent, Taskmaster, and Contessa. Okay. Oh, uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus. And do all of these people end up being. Bat villains, we'll find out. Yeah, uh, we it's think like they. two people from the Black Widow movie. It's Ghost. It's uh, wait, this is a movie that's coming out in the MCU. Yeah. yeah. Oh supposed shit! Be, When's this? Supposed to be next next Christmas Eve. Will we ever Christmas? catch up to like real time? No. Yeah. TBJ, if TBJ thinks so. Yeah. I think we will. We could. We could. Because like the next phase only has seven movies. And we've done like three of the six. I don't know if we're going to be doing like one division. And if we like, I, I guess we already we, did that. We already, we already did them. Yeah. So it's like, I don't think we'll be doing it. And then like the other three series we hadn't touched on. So it's like, we only have seven movies. So we we, we probably could get cut. Well, especially the if they slow down, because isn't the rumor? Well, they, they, they've been slowing down. down, but then there's also delays and them pushing stuff back so well the writer's you know, strike is not yeah, yeah. Could, helping yeah. yeah depending on how long that goes and I, you know while we're talking about it i know we're in the middle of the movie but we're getting close to probably wrapping up but uh i keep seeing headlines and i know i always ask, i i know i'm only reading the headline a lot of times i'm not reading a lot of it's clickbait bullshit so i i can't even find the story past all the garbage but it's like i keep seeing these things about Oh, MCU dealt Disney blows MCU another blow and uh, deals MCU another blow or shuts down MCU for good and Disney's canceling everything and getting rid of everything on Disney Plus and all this shit. Like, is there real like shit going down or is that all just clickbait stuff? Uh, clickbait is there's yeah, a lot of clickbait, clickbait bullshit. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, like negative Nancy nerds that are just yelling about every little thing. Uh, yeah, and it's also like to me, it feels like op ed shit, right? So, like, let me give my opinion on this by prefacing it with, oh, yeah, this is not going to happen, you know? Yeah, speaking as a guy who had to write a lot of this shit in the past, it yeah. was there's a lot of like you're looking for content, you get paid by the article you write. So, if one minor thing happens in the news, uh, sometimes it's like, all right, here's the thing, and, and then you extrapolate, uh, why why does this matter, or what are you mad about this? Why you should be yeah, mad about yeah. this because that'll give you more clicks because you're trying to drive engagement. It's all uh, there's a lot of horseshit. So <laughs> I kind of I kind of tune all that shit out well, that as much shit. as possible. 
Yeah, I mean, and I I am not helping by clicking on these things and reading them because, like, I I read a whole article. I can't believe I read the whole thing before bed. You need to night. learn to kind of discern from like, okay, the first few lines, like, okay, this sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a few like sites that are out there. I've seen. I keep trying to hide them up from my feed, and they keep showing. Yeah, up, they keep showing. Where it's things. just very obvious. Like, here's the new trailer for Deadpool three or whatever, and then it's not. Yeah, just, it's not in there. They'll just it's either just... do a fake trailer or they'll do uh we'll take like that one picture that we've seen of Hugh Jackman and Deadpool walking together and then just build shit around that. Yeah, I've seen they have a new one I've seen now where he show actually Hugh Jackman with the mask on. Like it's it's the shot, but he has the mask on his head. Like we have our first uh picture of Wolverine with this mask on and like it's zoomed all the way in and you just it's like the exact same shot of him and Deadpool walking, but it's just him. Yeah, they photoshopped the mask on. Yeah. Yeah. I read a whole article that was it was like, see why Hulk Hogan cried at his birthday party. (laughs) And then I was like, and then I had read the whole thing. It's like, why the fuck did he cry at his birthday? And the whole thing was just like, he was moved. Like, usually stuff like that, like, especially you're looking at, like, you're going through your feed, like, sometimes you can just glance at the website name and be like, yeah, I've never really heard of this website. Yeah, yeah, this might be yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Prob- one, you should probably be. I probably shouldn't click on this because yes. now I'm I'm accepting cookies. Yeah. Like, what is this bullshit? Up? Everything's popping <laughs> up. Stupid. Like your your search meeting, like you searching spam, and then before you know it, yeah, you get like you're fucking screwed. Yeah, this yes. so much dumb, dumb. Bullshit. Anyway, back to Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Listen, real quick, real quick. If you want nerd news, yeah, you want to use CBR. Yeah, I got a CBR one. Yeah, yeah. BGR. What what do these stand for? CBR and PGR. CBR is comic book resources. What's PGR? BGR. B. B. S. Boy. I don't know what BGR is. I've not heard of that one. They do. They big gonad. Resources, yeah. big gonad resources. <laughs> anyway, um, Hank Pym yeah. was in Billy Ocean's "Going Gets Tough" video. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. There is he wearing a white coat? No, Michael Douglas is in that video. Oh, because it's from "Romancing the Stone." Yeah, I think so. "Going Gets Tough" the the t- yeah. with Kathleen Turner and uh, I think Danny DeVito. Anyway, the ghost steals the lab, and they decide to go somewhere safe to regroup and figure out where the fuck their lab is they can't figure out where to go so they end up at the offices of xcon the security business and then mm-hmm. we get the argument about pastries versus oatmeal packets <laughs> it's my favorite crew ever to yeah honest. it breaks your teeth that's an insult you know what do we have for breakfast and the guy and talks about the baba yaga baba yaga, baba yaga. yaga. The, the witch of before uh, that we get a quick argument about scotty's desk they give him a, a shitty desk in the corner it's a card table and then we hear the story of Baba Yaga, the witch, and they talk about phasing. And uh, Baba Yaga is also a villain in Hellboy comics, by the way. Ooh, I was wondering if that would be some kind of yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And then but we it's did, also we, folklore. We figure out that since the lab emits radiation, Hope asks Hank if they could possibly, you know, modify a quantum spectrometer and track it. But since all of his equipment is in the lab, there's only one person who can help: Bill Foster. His old friend from Shield. 
but they had yeah. a falling out. So yes, they're not sure. And then we see ghosts in her cell. Like she's got to go sleep in a chamber in order to not disappear, I guess. Uh, uh-huh. And then we meet Bill Foster, Cowboy Curtis. <laughs> and and that's where Cowboy Curtis says he might be able to improvise. You guys might be able to improvise that tracker if you modify the diffraction units on one of your regulators. Uh, but Jimmy Wu shows up and they got to leave. And Hope's like, oh, thanks for that tidbit. But then Hank said, we got a problem. I got rid of all the diffraction units on the new suit. So we're screwed. Luckily, Scott mailed the old suit to Luis because the Postal Service is very reliable. And then he <laughs> realizes Cassie. Even can't. though he had previously told them he got rid of the suit, destroyed yeah. the suit. Yeah, he said he destroyed it. But he said it's in that trophy, the best grandma ever trophy. He realized <laughs> that Cassie took it to school for show and tell. So off to the school we go for fun, shrinky, growy times uh, where he is like the size of a kid. He's wearing a blue sweatshirt, and that's all funny, <laughs> funny shit. And they have a moment where they want to kiss in the closet. Uh, and little known fact, my wife and I once made out in a closet in an elementary school. Um, Does she want you to share that little known fact? She probably doesn't want me to. Yeah, we almost <laughs> got caught. We almost got caught. Another point for winter. <laughs> yeah. Well, we lived in elementary school at the time. So, oh, it wasn't a school in session. No, it was a summer. It was a. It was where we lived during summer stock theater. We lived in a school. But yes, we went in the janitor's closet to make out. Anyway, and uh, and then we get the funny line. Hey, do you want a juice box and some string cheese? Yeah, real funny. Do you really have that? Uh. And that's where I stopped. That's, so after the little school thing. So um, oh, it's I, a good time to stop. Yeah, it's a good place to stop. Is there any bits we want to add about this before we? Uh, I just want to add something. We, I mean, we went over the scene in the beginning with Scott and his daughter. I do love, I don't know if I said it in the last Ant-Man movie. I do love, even though he's a goofball who keeps mucking things up, he is always striving to be a good dad. And I love that take. And I love that we can see it every time he's on screen with his daughter. And I don't think that's talked about enough because you don't have to be a perfect dad to be a present dad and to do right by your kid. Yeah. And right. just being and there. She loves her dad. Yeah. She, yeah. she, she loves she her sees dad. That. She keeps a secret. She covers for him. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's on it. It is, it is very sweet. And if you, if you are a dad, of a daughter it's like it melts your there's something about dads and daughters i think that's like just different like my daughter has got me wrapped around her finger and she knows it i fucking took her to taylor swift but there's something about that when they're little and seeing cassie's that little girl even knowing now that we see her soon older and it's like god they're only tiny like that for a second so fucking play with them man that's what i tell everybody <laughs> like uh our our scientist friend who uh, does the shark shows just adopted a baby girl. I was like, you got any advice? I was like, yes, just cherish every fucking moment, man. Like live in the Be moment. present. Yeah. Be present. Put your phone down. One. Yeah. Look at her, stare at her. Remember those moments. Cause they're fucking gone in a heartbeat. And then they're, they remember them for you too. Like, yeah. you know, my my youngest will occasionally thank me for parenting and it has a lot to do with just time yeah i didn't have a lot of money i you know i've been a single mom for a good chunk of his life but what i did do was set aside the time to be present when i could and made the most of that time even if it was just going to get an ice cream cone at mcdonald's and going to the park 
we just spent time together and scott is doing that in his movie even on house arrest he's making the best time for his child and i love it yep that's it so this is is, well i guess we'll we'll discuss this two movies from now (laughs) don't get that far ahead but you you, 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 you see you see like the whole you know the girl dad moment like very early on in the next one in the next yeah next and i one. think i've gotten it because i did skip ahead a little bit but but i think that's the thing before you know it they're going to be gross and have pubes and you got joy <laughs> <Girl, later. God>, <laughs> i also think it's a nice contrast we talk about watching this with some levity because we just watched infinity war yeah but it's also very... nice to watch this father-daughter relationship that is not as toxic as the one we also just watched Infinity War. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Good point. Gamora, that's really Nebula. good. That's a. I know. Uh, that's why point. you pay me the big bucks. That's why TBJ is here. <laughs> right. Why you pay she's me the, the only. She's the only one who gets paid on this. The compare yeah. the contrast. Yeah. I keep trying to get you paid. If you just show that thigh me, Art, I'm trying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will invite the people to rub up on your thigh meat, and you too can get paid. Art Star has an OnlyFans. Should I? Should I? Speaking of OnlyFans. So Lord, where's this in, going? Someone got in <laughs> a ton of packages, right? And like big boxes, big but big Amazon boxes. And one of the stagehands came in and said to me, like, uh, man, he was like, I guess you got that for all of your OnlyFans, you know, giveaways or whatever. Uh, and I was like, I thought like, huh, wait, what? What are you talking about? There's all <laughs> of those packages back there. He's like, them for your your fans, you know, when you do your OnlyFans. I was like, yeah, okay. And then I looked at him and I'm like, in that moment, not to prejudge, but I'm like, okay, I can see this guy being that guy who's That's contributing, true. you know, all of his earnings to OnlyFans and being a creep, you know? I, I don't... <laughs> or a supporter. You can, there's a thing. That too, but in that moment, as, 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 a, as, a, as a male, you know, like, I have feelings too. And in that moment, Listen, I'm I felt to like your I felt like game. I felt like that dude just just him saying that to me, I, f- I felt dirty. <laughs> Don't feel so dirty. dirty. All right, we're trying to turn a profit here. Okay, we've got the goods. You've got the goods. Let's share them. You're not married. <laughs> you You're not this. married. Joe and Andy I, are married, so I can't pimp out their thighs. Okay. And there's a lot so, of prisoners that'll pay you a lot of packs of smoke. We're single, listen, so let listen, me let listen, me grow this. Listen, put it to this the easy way or the hard way. You don't want to do it the hard way. We could be rich right now. Our we could be our podcast could be earning so much support. On all you got to do is put on some hoochie daddy shorts. That's it. <laughs> or, I, or I could just I could just talk to him really sweet. Like that's true. You, you do, do a sex both. line. You do a sex like, line. Both. And so isn't the hard way? There. L. Cool J and James Woods. Yeah, that was a movie. Uh, also, Michael J. Fox. Wait, the three of them were that. L Cool J was uh, like a very supporting character in that. I love L Cool J. All right, with that, we're gonna we're out of time for this episode, listeners. History for Jerks, Nerd School listeners, we love you. If you want Art Star uh, Thigh Meat, if you want some pictures, uh, reach out to us on Instagram. 
at yep. <laughs> at nerd school pod is that what we're is at nerd school pod school B of age yeah, you have to be 18. Yeah, I will do some screening. I'm not ruthless. I will do some screening, but just know, listen, y'all, we'll put it behind a paywall, but you too can be a supporter yes. of Art Stars Thigh Me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And with that, that's the end of this episode now of Ending Nerd School Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Nerd School Podcast. They say I can't rap about the president no more, but evidently they don't see we in the streets still poor. Still more incarceration of my kids by the prisons and people thinking this election to end in racism. Proud of a pessimism, glad to see Obama, but don't expect me not to speak out when I still see problems, Mr. Officer. Now they POTUS look like me, you don't think again we're seeing brothers rolling down the street. Every Martin Luther King on his American dream. Still a Rodney BNB and screaming, fuck the police. Me, I'm running through the pasture, trying to get away from master. But the dogs is on my ass, I gotta move a little faster. Can't fast for Caucasian, but I got a couple papers from the plantation saying I graduated. Congratulations, cool beans, but to most school me. Trying to dodge STDs, living off government cheese. Trust the government, please. Not even if it was me. Sitting in the Oval Office as Commander in Chief. Trying to give us us free, but there's a nigga in my ear saying, You got it, Superman, you ought to keep it here. Get this distinctly clear, I'm all about jetting. Raps Kunta Kinte without the half stepping. A new chapter, back with new lessons. After that, the final exam. Any questions? podcastnetwork.com.